0: size that's okay we fixed it up what's up everybody and welcome back to the cooperators reviewers couch the mighty mandos podcast we are back this week for the finale of the mandalorian and we have a very special guest again on with us today from ghost time games that's right we have gab on to talk about this banger of an episode how's it going gab good good Good. Uh, and of course, like always, we have our very own awesome guy right here, right in the middle, whose picture steep changing Okay, there we go. <laughs> the man who cannot choose a size for his screen. That's right, we have Mr. Gabe. How's it going, Gabe? Listen,
1: it's not the size that counts. It's about that you're there.
0: Yeah, is it about the consistency? Because you don't have that right now either. No, man. I don't know what's up with your thing. I think it's just probably Skype's NDI messing up. But if you didn't know, on the Mighty Mandos podcast, each and every week, we talk about the latest episode of The Mandalorian. And this week, we are going over The Mandalorian's finale. That's right. I actually don't remember what this episode's called. Do you? The Rescue. The Rescue. Okay, well, that makes sense. The Rescue. We're coming after little Gorgu who got kidnapped in the episode before last the tragedy in the tragedy. Um, very, very exciting. Uh, you can catch us wherever you listen to your podcast or you can catch us live on Twitch each and every Sunday. Well, I guess not after this week, uh, unless we decide to do a wrap up next week. Are we doing a wrap up, Gabe? Could we talk about that yet?
1: uh well seeing as though i don't know what the date is of the wrap-up what would that date be then
0: uh it would be on the 27th it's possible yeah i think that'd be fine so we will probably do a wrap-up next sunday so you can catch us each and every sunday on twitch.tv slash the co underscore operators um yeah so let's just jump into this guys what are your thoughts on this episode let's start with gab being our guest
2: i had some mixed feelings uh overall the, the feeling i walked away with the most was that it was weird um i i liked some things about it other things i really didn't like and i had some problems with with parts of the story
0: okay yeah i, I get that uh how about you gab or gabe hey <laughs> um i really liked it i thought it was my
1: face throughout the entire especially in the last like I think it was like 20 minutes of the episode was just, yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was also a lot of, um, a lot of thinking afterwards. And I feel like um, for me, I have like so many things to say about it, but I wonder if there's going to be, I I might save that for our wrap up of Mm -hmm. the season because I do have so many freaking questions but overall, for this episode, in this particular moment, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I found that the resolution, I think, gives it what it needs. And that's the end of this chapter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I gotta be honest, I loved this episode. I think that it brought out a lot of the emotional kind of aspects that the last season finale did too. And it really mm-hmm. set up for what we're going to be doing next, right? So last season, we kind of learned that he needed to... Take the baby or baby Yoda to his own kind, and this one we kind of learned that his chapter with baby Yoda is now done. So, little Gorgu is off with Luke, which, what the hell? Like, I'm sure we're gonna talk about that a lot later, but like, what the hell? Um, and he's now technically the leader of Mandalore, like, he's the rightful ruler of Mandalore at this moment. So, I'm wondering if maybe the next season really dives into that because. He can't just give it to Bo-Katan, right? And uh, if you go into some of the extended universe, the reason why that happened, like it's part of like the fight against the Jedi originally, but the Darksaber is the right to rule. And that's why Darth Maul ruled for quite a while on Mandalore, as well as technically, I guess, Moff Gideon probably ruled during the Empire's time there uh, by defeating the last person who had it. And... She can't. Bo-Katan can't take the saber because she'd be like a fake ruler to the throne. So it's very interesting having this foundling of all things too, now being technically the ruler of Mandalore. So I'm wondering if they're going to get into that and maybe like the retaking of Mandalore next season or something like that. So I'm just, I'm very excited for what they've set up next. Uh, but I also think that this season as a whole has been so action heavy that Maybe some of that was lost in this one. Because last season, the finale had a lot of action. But it wasn't a super action-heavy season. So I'm wondering if maybe having such an action-packed season actually detracted a little bit from the overall impact this could have had. But, I mean, having Luke at the end go through and just destroy people, like, that was was awesome. That was like some old-school, like prequel kind of scenes right there, like the only good scenes in the prequels and like yeah. So I was very, very impressed. I thought it was a banger of an episode and I'm very happy with how they wrapped up this season. I'm also happy that again, they aren't seeming to like just take the baby Yoda is how we're telling the show. It's Gorgu is the cutest thing on T V and that's what we're relying on. It's like, no, we actually have a story. We have a character. We have a character who's growing too, very obviously. And, yeah, I'll get into that a little more later as we talk through the episode, but, yeah, I just, I thought it was awesome. I really liked it. Um, all right, well, like in every episode, we will jump into the plot, and we will see if Gabe has made up a new song. If not, he's gonna make one up on the spot. Once upon a
1: time, there was a plot summary, and today it's done by Ben.
0: Doot, doot. all right an imperial shutter carrying dr pershing who if you didn't know was the doctor in the very first episodes of the first season the mandalorian is disabled by slave one because let's be honest slave one is awesome even if its design is super dumb the and are boarded by the mandalorian and cara dune the pilot holds Pershing at gunpoint as a shield and antagonizes Dune about the destruction of her homeworld of Alderaan, which was super messed up. Like, that entire back and forth, it was, like, super fucked up in so many ways. Between him, like, basically taunting her that her entire planet died to us realizing that millions of people died on both of those Death Stars. Like, that is an intense thing that you probably don't think about that much. I know I never really thought about a lot of the stormtroopers who died on those bases, but there were, like, millions of people on those things. They were full-ass planet size. Like, like, that's kind of rough to think about, too. Like, either way you swing it. Um, but, and we also learned that the tear on her, the tear tattoo she has was a, uh, I guess looking back at Alderaan, and that must be for, like, people who survived Alderaan's attack kind of thing. They got that. Um, but this antagonization uh, prompts her to shoot him. Actually, before we get farther, like, did that hit you guys like it hit me? Like, the the thought that, like, millions of people would have died on those Death Stars? And, like, some of them people probably were not there by choice, too. Also, prisoners. There would have been prisoners on those things that would have just been blown up, too.
1: That's for you, Gap
2: uh yeah that's a good point i mean that's that's kind of the nature of war um it's it's it is brutal but like it was strategically a good move for for the alliance to do because if all those stormtroopers evacuate and blow up the death star they still have to deal with those stormtroopers and like that's That's just the horrible nature of war so um it, it wasn't really i think the thing that hit me more about that whole conversation was how twisted the guy's view was on it and how he had this totally different thing and how bitter he was and it it felt felt like it latched into our reality a lot Mm -hmm. which i thought was cool yeah i think in a lot of ways just to add
1: on to what gab is saying it parallels between the aftermath of world war ii and how you had the german basic infantry if i'm if i'm remembering this terminology properly the Wehrmacht, which is just you're just enlisted like you might not have agreed with anything at all with what um the the Nazis wanted. You just were, your country happened to be enslaved, you were conquered, you're enlisted in in the General Vermont. But there was a particular branch of SS soldiers who really believed the cause and really believed in that thinking. And I feel like this pilot was one of those soldiers that like firmly believed in this thinking. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, exactly kind of what Gab said. It was way too real, but at the same time, um, I think it's one of the... Very few times in this series where I felt like that person deserves to die. That person deserves to actually just like, just, just get no scoped. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, it was expected for the beginning of this episode because we knew that these are people that are loyal to the Emperor and the Empire. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not going down without a fight. So it makes sense. It was unfortunate to see that there is that much animosity and like it was a very emotional. The episode is action-packed, but I found it to be also very emotional as well.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing to think about is, like, looking from the other side, like, yeah, I guess technically the Resistance or the uh, Rebels would have been a terrorist organization or classified that way by the general thing because the Empire was kind of the governing body at that time, right? Obviously a very tyrannical, awful body, but they were, like, they people who really believed in the empire would have seen the rebels as terrorists, which is kind of an interesting way of looking at it, but also really fucked up.
1: Well, I mean, that's actually a good point that you bring up, Ben, and it's something on a larger scale that, um, frankly, it would make a very good podcast and I'm sure someone's already done it before, but there are reports and documents proving that there are various organizations that use star Wars as a huge analogy for their cause. And, you can insert the empire as like an over a uh, governing piece of government. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying like you mm-hmm. could replace the empire for the United States yeah. and you yourself as the Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at it like that, it, it I, I think going back to what Gab is saying, exactly, this is kind of how war goes sometimes. Yeah. and it just gets very messy and very muddled, and no one wins. No one comes out of this as a winner.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right, so the Mandalorian and Boba Fett visit Bo-Katan and Cosca Reeves. Where's the third Mandalorian that we saw? Come on, you had three of them there. Why is why is the third one not there? I know it doesn't make it doesn't like matter that much, but it kind of bothered me. I was okay I mean, with. It. Was um, with it. and after the quarrel between Fett and Reeves, which was also awesome because they put each other through tables. Um, about I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoyed
1: mm-hmm. that a lot. Um, I don't. I didn't. It didn't occur to me until I guess after I watched the episode for I think a third time where I came to the conclusion that like that makes sense like bo has been in the Clone Wars, bo would know, bo is probably not a fan because she worked with uh, Ahsoka so yeah. I mean it kind of just makes sense in some ways and so you would wonder
2: how that would go down yeah but i also point out uh the second mandalorian is played by sasha banks who is a professional wrestler mm-hmm. which i pointed out just moments before she, they ended up doing the table crushing so i think that was definitely like we have to have a scene where she puts Boba Fett through a table or something oh yeah that's, cool. <laughs> that's really cool i didn't know that
0: well it's just like uh the actress who plays Dune she was a mma fighter wasn't she yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool um But yeah, so I thought this was interesting too. Less so about like the fight itself, but more so the back and forth between Bo-Katan and Boba Fett about the clone, right? That he's not a real Mandalorian, that he is just a fake. And she's seen so many of him because she obviously fought clones. And she also at one point fought alongside clones to take back Mandalore, uh, which makes it kind of weird that she has so much animosity towards him because he like... The clones did technically help them at a certain point to get rid of Maul. Um, so it's kind of an interesting way. But I think even when they were getting helped by the clone troopers, they didn't like them. So it was all very, again, muddled, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cool to see. Cool to yeah, see, though. For sure. But as always, with when it comes to Gorgu, he brings up that Gorgu has been kidnapped. And bo says she will help them in exchange for the Darksaber from Gideon. Uh, Doctor Pershing warns them that Gideon's cruiser is defended by the Dark Troopers. Uh, they use, uh, and I think at this point he also tells them that the Dark Troopers are not people; they are now robots. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I have to say, I thought they would go more into like the Mandalorian's background at this point or something because he was like his entire planet was like taken over and stuff by the battle droids and was almost killed by a super battle droid who kind of actually looks like the Dark Troopers in a way. So I thought yeah. it was a little weird that they didn't go more into like that and they kind of just ignored it. I agree. I agree. Because there's that huge piece in season one
1: where we, you and I talked about it, Ben, but like these flashbacks are very interesting. I wonder where that's going to lead us to. And there's no payoff in season two of that at all. And so maybe that's something they will venture down the road. I have no idea. But it, that was disappointing for sure.
0: I wonder if they, if they're going to get more of that next season. Like we're going to actually learn more about him rather than learning about Gorgu. Uh, as well as if they do go after Mandalore, the Mandalore might be covered in these things, and maybe it'll give him more opportunity to have those flashbacks.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, where am I here? Uh, they then use the new, now stolen shuttle, uh, to infiltrate the light like, cruiser that Gideon is on. Uh, in this sweet move, where like they shoot them out. I didn't realize that this was a thing, but they shoot the TIE Fighters out of the front of the, light like, cruisers, which I thought was awesome, instead of just coming mm-hmm. out randomly from the side. Yeah. Uh, but as Boba Fett tries to, pretends to attack the shuttle, they crash into the launch tube, making it so no other TIE Fighters can come out, uh, and Boba Fett pieces the hell out at this point. Um, they probably could have used him in there, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Boba Fett, you go do you. You go off do your thing. But Bo-Katan, Kaska, Fennec, and Dune fight alongside the Mandalorian through the endless amount of stormtroopers on this thing. Very much reminds me of like uh, the Death Star scene where they just get yep. like, running through uh, killing people as they go. Uh, some sweet scenes in here. I don't know if you guys want to talk about any of them in particular but I like the bridge scene where they take out all the people in front of them and they get like pincered in and then they come on from the side of the yeah, uh, bridge. That was so cool.
2: Yeah, it was my great. main thought about the whole scene where they're just plowing through the stormtroopers was that you never re- really get to see that in any of the other movies. Like everyone's always sneaking around, trying to avoid the fights, and they're not necessarily equipped for a fallen assault. Whereas this was like, they are there. They're like professionals. They're just going in and like just knocking these stormtroopers yeah. over one by one, which is something you've never seen before. So that was that was kind of cool seeing like these professionals really. Doing what they're
0: best at. Yeah, yeah, I would say the closest thing would probably be in Rogue One when they like infiltrate that planet. They're like they start as being sneaky and then they start like just mowing people down. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. I thought very interesting. And yeah, you're right. They're like all professional war heroes and warriors compared to like in the original movies where they're all kind of like ragtag band <laughs> of nobodies going out to try and take over the universe, basically. So very interesting. I thought it was fun. Again, so much action here. Uh, If you haven't watched the episode yet, definitely go and watch it. It's just, we can't, like... It's worth it. It's it's hard to, yeah.
1: It's it's worth it to see it, for sure. I think it's one of those episodes where, like, culturally, too, as a touchstone, I think it's an important one to see, just to see the link at the end. Mm
0: Um, meanwhile, the Mandalorian goes to try and seal off the dark troopers, but in his attempt, one gets through with a very callback-esque thing to, uh, Terminator with the face, <laughs> and that, uh, that's the, all I could think of when he was fighting yeah, this, uh, dark trooper was just, this is like a fight with the Terminator, 100%. Um, yeah. he gets blasted, he tries to, like put his flames inside the dark trooper nothing's working until he finally brings out his beskar spear and stabs him through the face in a battle that reminded me a lot of another role that this character has played or this actor has played in game of thrones where oh, he's gonna say that yeah, where he's face, fighting the mountain the uh in
1: the face i was like the whole time i'm like man good thing he's got that helmet on
0: yeah unlike, last time. unlike last time so if you didn't know uh oh uh, what's his name Adrian Uh, Pascal. Pascal, yes. Uh, If you didn't know, Pascal is actually, was on Game of Thrones and fought a giant called the Mountain uh, and fought with a spear. And it was really cool. He got to use a lot of the same kind of like moves as he did the last time. But in that one, he gets his head crushed by a guy who was like punching him over and over again in the face and then crushing his face. But in this one, at least he has the best guard to protect him. But yeah, I thought it was very reminiscent of that. I wonder if they were actually like going to that as like a kind of a idea for this scene.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah. It reminded me a little bit of Iron Man as well. I think is it Hulk who's like punching Iron Man into the ground? It's also with uh, yeah.
1: Thanos and with um, Thanos, yep. Captain America where yep. like he gets beat in the face and uh, his AI says, you can't beat him hand to hand.
0: Yeah. I th- someone else does it too, don't they? Yeah. Um, does, is it Ultron? Does Ultron beat the crap out of Iron Man?
1: Iron know. Man gets the crap kicked out of him a lot.
0: Yeah. Good thing he has that suit to protect him, unlike everyone else, who just is awesome. You know, yeah, take whatever. one away, what is he, you know? Um. So after he destroys that, he launches the rest of them out into the airlock. But they are <laughs> droids, so, I mean, uh, we'll see what happens with that later on in the episode. Uh, I he, that. Yeah, he then enters the cell where Moff Gideon is standing over Gorgu because he knows exactly which cell to go into, obviously, instead of, you know, checking a bunch of them. He just like gets into the right one the first time. You know, that's not convenient at all. Star Wars.
2: They had the map before they did the infiltration. So, yeah, uh, Okay, that makes that. sense. Yeah.
0: Maybe I missed that part. Um, but he's standing over Gorgu with the Darksaber. And the first thing I thought was like, hey, Gideon, stop being an asshole. You get away from Baby Yoda. <laughs> He's too cool for you anyways. Um And here Gideon makes Mandalorian offer. He offers to let Mandalorian the Mandalorian take Gorgu if he leaves the ship immediately. And Mandalorian the Mandalorian's like, sure, whatever, I don't give a fuck. I just I just want my kid. Like like that's all I want from me right now. Like, I don't care if you take this thing and start the Empire again. But instead of just letting him go, Gideon strikes the Mandalorian. And good thing he has that pure Beskar, because if not, he would be dead after the first swing. Uh, The Mandalorian then fights Gideon with the Beskar spear in another epic uh, fight, just like when Ahsoka fought off What's-Her-Face in the Jedi episode, Uh, and overpowers Moff Gideon in the end, inadvertently making him the new owner of the Darksaber, which he doesn't know at the time. Um... He then brings Gideon to the main bridge and delivers him to Cara Dune and the others. Uh, and Moff Gideon laughs in a. and goads Bo Katan into attacking the Mandalorian as he is now the rightful ruler of Mandalore. Um, I just want to stop here because I think this is a good place to talk about this. Like, it's very interesting this scene because Moff Gideon knew exactly what he was doing, right? When he got beat, he knew that this was going to kind of be the outcome of everything. Because he knew that he was traveling with Bo-Katan. And he knew that Bo-Katan was just after the Darksaber. So it makes me kind of wonder if he maybe... If he actually lashed out at the Mandalorian to fight him in... I mean, if he killed him, sure. But if he lost, he also won, right? So there was like a win-win no matter what Gideon did in that fight. uh, Unless he died, of course. I mean, you never know about that one. But... um, because he knew that the Mandalorian would avenge, either take the throne from Bo-Katan which would piss her off and probably cause a fight or just have her like kill him right there. So it's a very interesting kind of way of thinking and it also makes me think that Moff Gideon was always like five steps ahead. This yeah. was,
2: I think one of the biggest problems I had with this episode was the the idea that it was like somehow now the Mandalorian was stuck with the dark because he didn't kill Gideon so in theory, like I didn't see why they couldn't have some kind of fight, and then she could just like slap the dark out of her hand, out of his hand, like he did to Gideon, and then she could take it. Like I didn't yeah. see that there was like a big deal about it. Like, so obviously, couldn't just hand it over, but so yeah, I and think... I'm oh, on that
1: too. Yeah. That's kind of what I was hoping to see, of like, or just like wound him or whatever, maim him, and then there you go, the battle is over, and, and she's got it now. And, it, yeah, I think I think that entire part, like, I get why they did it. And then I think for me, as a as a not Star Wars fan, and I'm only going at this with just me jumping on the ride of the Mandalorian, this is where I started to get frustrated and think, like, fuck, man, you guys are going to stretch this out seven seasons now. God damn it. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to leave it there because I have a whole thing I want to say with the after-season stuff.
0: Yeah, so... Um... Here's what I kind of come into it from. Uh, it has to be won rightfully, so it ha- can't just be like a half-assed fight, right? Uh, Gideon was going to... Tr- he was trying to kill the Mandalorian, right? So mm-hmm. he did get bested in a fight. Um, if they were like just going and Mandalorian, the Mandalorian knew, like, oh, I'm just going to throw this fight, that wouldn't yeah. be winning it. And it's not so much that the saber... Like they said, the saber doesn't have power... The story of it and the yeah. how you obtain it has power. So, it, yeah. honestly, what it reminds me of in a different franchise uh, would be like the Elder Wand from Harry Potter, yeah. right? And it has to be one, right? But it can't and it can't be given because the allegiance won't change and the story is still there, right? So, you don't need to kill the person before; you just need to beat them. You need to prove that you are stronger because the Mandalorians are a tribe of warriors like this entire planet is a giant tribe of warriors no matter what tribe you're part of so if he just gave it up like he was trying to or he's like i concede i give up like you win like without fighting like it wouldn't have the same kind of power that the story gives right so it makes a lot of sense how they're doing it and how this story kind of uh plays out for me at least knowing kind of like all this backstory for it and like Again, comparing it to the Elder Wand is the easiest way for me to think about it outside of this franchise. Um is that yeah, it has that power because of what happened before. Um and for some whatever reason they decided that whoever has it is the strongest warrior, making them the leader of a clan or of the planet of Mandalore as a full. So I think that's why he couldn't just give it away, or like just do a half ass fight and it's also why, again, why Moff Gideon knew he could win even if he lost. Um, but yeah.
2: Mean? I mean, I still feel like it was a little bit sloppy. Like if if the Mandalorian refused to fight, and he was like, I'm not going to fight you because I don't really care. And she killed him. Like that wouldn't be a better story than her just taking it when he ended. Yeah. Like, but it yeah. would
0: still show that she was more powerful because she did best him because he didn't want to fight and she knew that she could, I guess. Because you could say you didn't want to fight somebody stronger than you, right? Well, that would just be you not fighting someone stronger, right? So I, I get where you, I get where you're coming from for sure. Like how it's messy, and I, but I think it's because I have that very the mentality of like the extent universe and that kind of thing that I it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But I could see for maybe if you haven't read all the books or read about like all these different things, why it's kind of like that, like mm-hmm. why is why can't they just do that? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an interesting way. I also think that technically. Uh, I might be remembering this wrong. If you challenge someone with the dark saber, they have to accept, but they're allowed to use the dark saber, so it makes it harder to fight them. <laughs> so, yeah, I it's interesting. Cause, but I also seem to remember in Star Wars Rebels that she gives the that Sabine who has the dark saber gives it to Bo Katan, which I think might have been like that might be go, they might go into that because I think that because I think she just gave it to her without fighting. She wasn't the rightful ruler in the first place, which could have led to all this other stuff happening in between. uh, And how it probably was taken away from her in the first place. So it's very interesting. And that also could be why she's, like, trying to get it back so she can, like, actually prove that she is the leader of Mandalore. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see, because you could see, like, how angry she was and, like, the disdain and hate she had all over her face. Like, she did not hide any of that, which I think makes her such a good actress. But it was, like full disdain for maybe just Moff Gideon but also for the Mandalorian and it was just like oh geez like Mm -hmm. she had one one request in all of this and was to bring her the Darksaber or bring her Moff Gideon with the Darksaber yeah so that she could beat him so now I'm just like oh geez like is she now going to become an enemy of the Mandalorian is she going to follow the Mandalorian are they going to try and figure something out like I think that'll be an interesting like relationship that has to get built out more Cool. All right. So the dark troopers return and close in upon the bridge, uh working their way just doing these sweet 1-inch punches into the um the blast doors, which I thought was awesome. Again, very um terminator-esque. Like that's yeah. terrifying. Like they weren't using blasters, they weren't using cutters, they were just punching a wall. They were scary. It was destroying it. Yeah, they were they were terrifying. Um however, they stop at one point and they turn around and you're like, oh, what's happening? Oh god, are they bringing something even worse in? And then you see a, a cloaked figure come in, in one X-Wing and Cara Dune has a great line. Oh good, one X-Wing, we're saved. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I know whose X-Wing that is. <laughs> yeah. At first, I didn't know
1: because I didn't really get a close look at it because I was looking at it from like from a and just a shot of it, too. I think if I had seen it on a larger uh, TV, I would have been like, oh, shit. But because I didn't see it, I figured it was just one of the TIE fighters that it, or X-Wings that did come in from the earlier in the show. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe it represents, like, a bigger fleet that's on its way or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, that's cool. And um, then, we then we get the figure, yeah. When the figure comes out, that's when I was like, no, that's fucking silly. That's so silly. <laughs> Why would you do
0: this? Are you actually going to do this? are we going to do this and then the lightsaber ignites and we're like it is fucking on let's do this and he takes out every one of these dark troopers one by one in such a epic star warsian kind of fight and shows like real the real strength of a master jedi like really prequels. Great.
1: Yeah, that was the cool thing about that sequence that I enjoyed is that we've seen Luke in the original form, our or original three movies, figure out how to use the lightsaber, figure out how to use the Force, and the Return of the Jedi happens, and it's like, oh, okay, he figured it out. But you never really, especially when you jump into, what is it? I think Last Jedi. You really still don't see his skill set as like being a master, a Jedi master with the lightsaber until. I feel like this is a great in between, and in a lot of ways, this would be my thing of like, wow, they really fixed that. They really showed us what, how his skill set has dramatically improved. Yeah. Because this take place, I think it takes place pretty close to right after Je- uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I think, I think within a couple years. Yeah, and so his skill set continues to grow. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was the really neat thing to see him balance between using the Force and using his lightsaber. And just like how effortlessly it looked for him.
0: Yeah. And the assumption would also be like he was training with uh the three ghost Jedi's too, right? Like three Master yeah. Master Jedi, or I guess two Master Jedi and a Sith, but um like these like very powerful, very well put together Jedi masters. Mm-hmm. I mean they were ghosts, but they were still there, right? Like Yeah. So it's yeah, it's very interesting, like seeing him come into his like own right and like showing off that yeah, like, he could take on Darth Vader. He could take on, like, anybody. So now you can see he could take on an army by himself. And that's what, like, a true Jedi is. Somebody who can, like... You kind of saw it a bit with Ahsoka, but she was more, like, a stealthy kind of Jedi. Like, she was, like, in, stealth it up. But, like, if you think back to, like, the Clone Wars, like, Episode 2, like, you see these Jedi, and they are basically one-man armies, right? That's why they were instantly made... Commanders and captains in the war and everything. So, yeah, I thought it was very cool, very amazing yeah. scene. And
1: I was, I was happy. I was, I was. Uh, I'm not happy. I'm fine with it being Luke to take Grogu because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, as Asofi kind of even says it. He's too filled. He's like he has too much of that emotion. That's kind of like with Anakin too.
0: Yeah, or and Luke himself.
1: The only person who's powerful enough and also understands how to pull someone back from that is Luke. Yeah, because he did it with his own dad. So. And then, not to get too ahead of myself, it makes sense then that you could make the link, or at least the hypothesis, the connection, that if he was in possession of Grogu and and training Grogu,
2: um,
1: to quote Darth Vader, the circle is now complete, right? Mm-hmm. Yoda, Luke, Luke teaches this same species as uh, as Yoda. This is kind of interesting. But also, is Grogu at the Jedi Temple with Ben Solo? And therefore, you can understand and empathize with why Luke wanted to kill Ben. Because something that powerful and that sweet, you 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 don't want it to get be murdered by Ben. Yeah. So, and then I, unfortunately, is that telling us then that Grogu was murdered by Ben?
0: Well, we don't know because I mean he might just leave. Like he might get trained and then. Don't, out, I right? know.
1: So. No, but. In a lot of ways, this this segment kind of fills in that gap, which I'm yeah I'm okay with.
0: And you also and it's have to a think like uh, it's that would have been, of a
1: stretch, but I'm okay with
0: it. Like, but if you look at uh, timelines too, like Ben when he was getting trained, it would have been like between 18 and 20 years after this too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I would assume that after 18, 20 years, Grogu would be much moved on, especially if he decides to come back in season three or season four if there's a season four, like. I don't see him staying away from the Mandalorian that long. Because I think that a lot of people do watch the show because he's in it. So I think that they could see a real viewer drop if they did decide to make him but a... Yeah. Like, there's a permanent, like, Grogu's gone. Like, Baby Yoda is no longer in the show. That's it. Yeah. I could see yeah. that being very bad for the show overall. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I do like the idea of Full Circle, though. Like, I thought the same thing. It was like, Yoda trained... Or I mean... Yeah, Yoda trained Luke. Luke trains baby Yoda, and it kind of like brings it all together. Um, but yeah, very very cool. Especially because Grogu probably would have known Anakin because he's fifty years old. There's there's so many
1: things to connect after the fact that this has happened, which yeah. means if Grogu has like, again, it's just so wild to come to these things. Which is like if Luke has Grogu. Grogu has met Ahsoka then will Luke meet Ahsoka and will Luke tell Ahsoka you were right and I got him back because Maybe. She,
0: you know there's there's probably there's not lot. though because it's, it's, technically Ahsoka's not a Jedi she left the Jedi Order uh, quite a while ago and then the Jedi Order disappeared right so she's technically is, yeah. she's trained as a Jedi but she isn't a Jedi so she probably wouldn't even know about Luke
1: yeah I guess for me, it's just based on what you've told me. Like I, I don't know anything about this stuff, but if Ahsoka was trained by Anakin, there's still this connection that yeah. we have, right? It's a familial connection, and I just think with those things, if you're gonna open that door, you might as well go right through it and just mm-hmm. make these connections happen. Um, otherwise, there's just so much speculation. Maybe that's a good thing. That's I don't true.
2: Know. Yeah. yeah. Um, How did you guys feel about Luke appearing? in the episode because i will say like with rogue one that was the one thing that i really didn't like about the movies is they tried to put in tarkin they tried to put in leia they could have easily had a shot that just had their voice or some someone doing a good impression and didn't have to show their face but yeah. their faces did not look good and yeah. i felt the same thing with this luke is it, it did not look like a real human at first i was like is that luke say, yeah it is luke but it doesn't look like anyone yeah it was it's, artificial it's, they could should have just shown him from behind yeah had his voice which they can do easily and then uh which they did do mm-hmm. and then just not show his face like it really really made the episode weird for me yeah no gap.
1: i would i'd be very okay with that too i think they made the choice probably because rogue one happened and people were like it was a mixed bag and i think from what i've read so far on the different uh review sites that i go through it's also a mixed bag um i just think right now we're still at that stage where the technology isn't there yet and there's and but i, I don't blame them for trying i'm okay with it like i can let it go because i i, I don't know about you i'm pretty sure this is a one-off yeah. i hope it is i don't ever see him again i don't think they're ever going to do something like that again because Unless there's a need to, because to me it makes sense because it's the only link that you could probably do for the end of this chapter. Um, I think for me, I really let my suspension of disbelief go as soon as I saw his face, and I was just like, I accept it. It's fine. It looks, it looks okay. It It looks looks okay. Like it looks like looks, but I'm okay with it, and I'm okay with it because we're just connecting this dot. But I, I also agree with you. That would have also been a creative thing to do. I think. Maybe fans would have been more upset with it because they're like, "We can't see his face; it's not canon or it's not real." And I think maybe that would have been a bigger argument for that. But I don't know. I, again, I'm not a big Star Wars fan to know those things, and so for me, I'm just taking it as is, thinking like, "Well, we saw, we saw earlier in Rogue One this happened, so I imagine you're going to do this too." So I'm okay with it. I also know? think
0: they could have used a de- better deep, like a better AI software, because you can get yeah. like. If you go online, you can find better like AI software that does that than apparently they're using because there's stuff that looks way more real. But I yeah, overall, I didn't hate that they brought him in, but I thought that they could have brought somebody else in. Yeah, because there's so many Jedi through all the different things that are still canon uh, yeah. that are fully canon that these Jedi are alive. Like there are a lot of Jedi out there. Hell, even yeah. like they could have used um, the Jedi from the latest video game. Uh, what was it called? Last Order? No. Yeah. Uh, Fallen Order? Fall order. Fallen Order. There we go. They could have used him. Like, they could have brought him yeah. into the main canon because by the end of that game you are basically a Jedi Master. Like, you've mastered your skills and all that kind of stuff. So, it could have been very interesting bringing in this new Jedi who could have, like, been in parts of the series and not had, like, this kind of weirdness. But at the same time I kind of do... I do know why they did do it, because they're trying to, like, link it all together, right? uh um, yeah. no, worries, no worries, Gabe. Uh, Gabe will be right back, everybody. We'll get uh, but yeah, I do get why they did it, because it's like, oh, it's Luke, and you got to see R2 and little Grogu, like, talk to each other, and it was really cute and stuff, but I don't know. I just didn't think it really... It didn't add to it, but I didn't know if it really subtracted from it either, in my mind. I think it was kind of just, like, a neutral... Like, oh, that's cool. They did okay. His face looked alright-ish. But, yeah, I don't know. I think that... Yeah, I think after Rogue One, they were just like, oh, well, we might as well throw him in here. Like, why not?
2: Yeah, I I still, like, I watched Rogue One just a few weeks ago and it still bothers me so much because the movie's so good. And there's just those couple weird moments and it's, like, really didn't need to show those. Like, try it out. Go for it. But if it doesn't look real, then, then don't reshoot. use it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, like just find a different way to do it. Or with... even just cast someone who looks kind of like that. You like use prosthetics. I'd rather yeah. see someone with prosthetics who looks like, whose face moves like a real human. Yeah. Then, like, I don't know, it's just something about it that looks creepy and weird coming out if you, of it. I don't know if you
0: noticed, like, the audio syncing wasn't amazing on it either. I don't know if you noticed I, that at all. I don't
2: trust my TV, anyways. <laughs> We're so I've
0: I've off. watched it on three different things. So I watched it on my phone, I watched it on my computer, and then I watched it on a TV. And it all the audio syncing just seemed off, in some way. And I think it was because of how their face moved. And again, like I know it's new technology or newish technology, like this AI learning stuff. And uh, I'm sure that they're using like super good software, but I have definitely seen better AI transferred or
2: like Fast and Periods passed. did it better
0: yeah that's true With Paul Walker but, that one looked flawless to me to be fair Paul Walker's was done by his like brothers yeah, who looked yeah, exactly yeah. nearly exactly like him so yeah uh, that one might have been a little easier than trying to find a person who who could act who looked like Mark Hamill but, yeah, that's fair. Uh yeah I don't know I I still think that it's a missed opportunity overall not bringing into another Jedi and they could have just introduced a whole new character like yeah I get that technically we saw Luke in episode three, the heiress, uh, hitting the shadows like watching Gorgu, which kind of creepy. But, uh, unless that wasn't Luke, and then why didn't we just bring that person in? Because I thought it was a female for one. But oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. So there's like a shadowy figure in like a Jedi robe looking out at them, uh, in the heiress. But, like, why not just bring in a new character who can be the Jedi Master, who you can use in the future without using more AI faking, right? Like, I don't know. I guess they would have had to explain it, but that would have given the opportunity to another writer to write another book. Like, you could have, like, had an entire backstory of a book for this Jedi who they brought in, so I don't know. I just think overall, again, didn't hate it, didn't love it, didn't think it added anything to it, though. I think that, again, detracted from what could have been later.
1: Um, did you guys? <laughs> when I'm sure you, I'm sure you probably talked about R2, but I had when R2 came out, I was like, I'm not gonna cry because mm-hmm. he sees
0: Grogu, and I'm like, we got we got swamp PTSD happening right. <laughs> yeah, now. and the when uh, my friend's funny, my friend texted me and she's like, what do you think they said together? And I was like, I bet R2 looked down at him. He's like, don't you ever fucking hit me with a stick. <laughs> don't be <laughs> like the other one. Don't you hit me with a stick? I have a zapper thing now. <laughs>
1: I think, or, like, something along the lines of, I fucking thought you were dead, bitch.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. You're telling me you're back? God damn it. God, and you shrunk in your young now? Like, what is happening here? Yeah. The force is
1: weird. Um, To me, I don't know if you guys have we've talked about, did we talk about the Mando taking off his helmet yet, or no? Not yet,
0: no. We're just about to get there. Uh. Okay. All right, well, let's move on here because we talked about the AI for quite a bit. Uh, Gideon seizes an opportunity here and ineffectively shoots uh, Koska, I think. I, th- I don't think he shot bo I'm pretty sure he shot Koska uh, and little Grogu and tried to shoot little Grogu uh, who is then blo- protected by the Mandalorian, like we said before, what will probably happen with someone who's going to try and kill Baby Yoda and he was going to jump in the way. But because he's got you know, full Baskar on. He's basically invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then he attempts to commit suicide with the blaster, then getting disarmed by Cara Dune. Now I want to do a quick thing here too. Did this scene remind you guys of the civil war movie, like Marvel civil war? Uh, when, uh, the bad guy Zemo, no, not Zemo, Zema. Zema. Zemo. Um, uh, yeah. Was going trying to shoot himself and he got like blocked by the Black Panther. Yeah, like that's um, the only thing I thought here.
1: I don't, I, I don't know about that, but like I, I don't know how you guys felt. I felt like that was it was unnecessary. I need to see that. We kind of knew already that that was the how how high the stakes were, and it confused the shit out of me because I was like, is someone dead? I don't understand like what like what's the consequence out of this. Um because if it normally when something like that happens, someone dies. yeah, and someone of importance dies. And so the fact that like the Mandalorian didn't die, I was like, oh, okay, I think um, I'm pretty and sure this was die. this would be my argument for finishing the series like this this could have been a great series finale in my opinion. If you have this moment, we've got Luke, we've got this happening and then boom boom boom, and then the Mandalorian's armor is pierced, he dies. End of series, and I would have been like, "That's phenomenal! You guys did a great job." We went the way I thought it was going to go. There's redemption, Um but it doesn't happen. He lives, and so I'm just trying. I tried to figure out like what,
0: what happened. Like what, who got shot? What I think, well, Koska. I'm pretty sure Koska died because she <laughs> got shot like six times, then fell over and didn't get back up. Okay. Um But what I thought was gonna, like weird is that when he pointed. The uh, Grogu, I was very surprised that Mandalorian just didn't shoot him, kind of ending that storyline, right? Because the big thing was like we want him alive because we want his information. Well, if you killed him, that would have been like bad for the rebellion or the res- whatever they're called, the New Republic, Cara Dune, like that kind of thing. It would have like caused some tension. But it also would have been like he saved him, even if he had to give up all the information that this guy has on everybody. So I thought that was kind of weird that. He just, well, he got to stay alive. He was just kind of there. And yeah. I'm
1: curious though, then why, I guess maybe he lied. Because Gideon said he got everything he needed from Grogu, which is that they drew more blood. Yeah. They needed the blood and that's it. And that's why he was willing to just let him go.
0: Not just, he didn't just need the blood. He needed to study the blood. So I think they've now figured out cloning, like cloning somebody with the force. That's my, like where my like, head goes.
1: Like, And also just to add on to that, my theory is, is that's how they bring back Paul Palpatine. Yes. Yeah. Through that process. Basically. Well,
0: no. That... Not bring back Palpatine. That's how they created the what's his name? The Supreme Commander. Oh. Or sure. Supreme. What's uh, Snoke. Yeah. No. Supreme Emperor Snoke or whatever they call him. Oh. Uh, so I, that's because Snoke is just a uh, clone of uh Palpatine. Spoilers. For anyone who hasn't seen that like six year old movie now or four year old movie. um. Yeah, so it's very interesting, and, like, it's cool to see, like, the end of this connect to the overall universe, too. Like, this is what, like, how they got the blood to create Snoke, who has, like, incredible force power in his own right, who they then use to turn Ben Solo, and it's, like, this, like, it's very much this snowball that has been happening in this series, like, to create, like, this, to make the next three movies make sense, basically. That's kind of, like, where my mind goes, like, this season and a lot of this season is like to make other properties make sense yep yeah yeah and obviously set up all these like uh spinoffs and stuff that they're doing Because yeah. I, I think we now have three spinoffs based on this series but we'll get into that at the end of this um yeah is there anything else you want to say about that no
1: i was just confused about it that's yeah
0: not- but yeah i think that's just kind of where we're at i think that it showed that he would give up his life for Grogu. Even if he, I think, even if he didn't have his best ground, he would have jumped in front of Grogu to save him. Um, I think that's, like, all we really get there. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's weird that there's no stakes in the end of it. Or it would have been maybe good at the end if he was able to shoot himself to be, like, that was his mission. Like, he is done. He doesn't want to give up anymore. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Um, uh, Where am I? Yep. So he gets disarmed by Cara Dune in a sweet uh, butt of the gun to his face, and then, oh no! Although, and he initially resisted, uh, Grogu does decide to go with Skywalker, having this very, very emotional end where the Mandalorian takes off his helmet again to really say goodbye and like really show that the connection with Grogu is there. That. He's not just his, like, mission. He's not just there. He really is, like, his family at this point. Um, And he gives uh, Grogu the permission to go with uh, Luke Skywalker to complete his training. Um, So, yeah. Like, he removes his helmet again, which is huge for him. Um, And very... I don't know. This season was weird because he did it once already. And he's now... He did it that time to save Grogu, and now he's doing this, like, because Grogu is kind of his family. But I think if he didn't take off his helmet a couple episodes ago, this would have been more impactful for me.
1: I agree. I agree 100%. And the fact that everyone saw his face.
0: Yeah. Well, only Luke technically saw his face. He never turned around. That's true. That's true. So they saw the back of his head.
1: I also think because I was overwhelmed with Luke and R2... I was too emotionally already overspent. So when I saw this happen, because everyone was talking, or the people that I was noticing in the Discord or on the Reddit um, thread was was talking about how emotional it was to see that, and I was emotional, but it was I didn't get to the point where I was hysterically crying because I just was like, I'm so emotional about this Luke and R2 thing happening.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: was a lot all at once.
0: Yeah, I I just. I... I'm just, uh... Damn it, your thing locked... Locked again. Oh, no! Um... Sorry, everybody who's watching. Gabe's picture does not want to stay the right size. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I just... I think because he, like... He went so long without taking his mask off in his life, right? Like, it was years and years. And then he takes off in front of, uh... IG-11 last season, which was super emotional. Um... But because he was a droid and he died, it didn't matter, right? Like, it mattered to us because it was like an emotional moment, but it didn't matter to the. Like, he kind of got over it through what IG 11 said to him, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it was a very emotional, like, connection, right? Because he doesn't make these connections with very many people. And that moment, he forgave droids as a whole. Like, he was able to, like, get over his, like, crazy, like, his obsession with, like, hating droids and that kind of thing. But for this one, it should have meant so much more right but because yeah. he took off his helmet to do that yeah. other part which we learned was completely useless anyways because bill burr's character walked in and no one recognized him anyways like i think because that right. happened it yeah. really invalidated his need to like take his helmet off there for yeah. no reason and then yeah. now we have this and she's yeah. like yeah This could have been such a powerful moment being like he's only ever shown his face to one person. So it would have been great if like maybe he did this like Luke was like walking away or something or like Luke was fighting and maybe he says goodbye to Grogu at that moment. Like we are probably going to die, but you're the only thing that matters to me or something like that. Like make this really an emotional moment just between him and Grogu and not have like these other yeah times like I know that at that time it was like that meant a lot that he took his helmet off for Grogu to find him but because it got invalidated by Bill Burr just walking in and not mattering it felt less so like the sacrifice was still there obviously but it was less impactful when that happened and now it's just like all right well now other people have seen your face it doesn't matter as much like Bill Burr's character is in your face like whatever I don't know I just I think I'm, if it I'm was only his, ever like on finales that he took his mask off, that would have been a thing too. Like, that would, I'm not sure if it, like a pattern's good or a bad thing, but like it could have been a, a thing that they he's did. He's just showing his
2: face to everyone now. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, he showed his face to look now
2: too.
0: He's just a face whore at this point. Just showing his face off to everybody. Just like, hell me. yeah. Just got to show this thing off all the place. Uh, a but yeah, I'm not sure if you guys kind of felt the same way there or if you felt like anything
2: different. Uh, I or it thought it was a cool moment. But I, didn't, I don't think I felt as strongly as you guys about that. But now that you're mentioning the episode just previously, it is yeah, it definitely meant much less.
0: Yeah. I'm glad he did it though. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm very glad they did it. He had to do it.
1: Yeah. Oh, I I think so too. I think it needed to happen. Um, But I think, yeah, Ben, I think all your points are like totally spot on. I think for me, I was just overwhelmed emotionally at that point. So I couldn't even process what I was seeing. And I think that's why I would make the argument for anyone who's listening and that they haven't seen the episode yet. You need to watch it at least twice because I think there are, there's a lot to miss with it. And I think by the time you get to the second time, you do start to form objective opinions about it. Like, I agree with what Gav is saying about the CGI, but I'm also looking at it as if, like, it, it, there's been precedent for this before. I don't – again, I'm not, like, over the moon about it, but I also feel like – if this is the only time it's going to happen, okay, cool. We can let I'll let it slide. But if we see more and more, like if we see a Leia, a uh, Han Solo, um, I hope not. It would suck. Like, yeah. it, like there's no way around that. Like, like it, I don't need more crossover. It would be. Um, and again, I'm I'm really trying hard to be concise with this because I have a lot to say about it when we do the season wrap up. Because um, I'm not a Star Wars fan. Like like I, I do like Star Wars, but I'm not like an extended universe person, mm-hmm. so for me, um, I think the the John Favreau's team has a huge job on their hands now, um, and I guess I'll tease it out like this. Marvel did it through movies. They're trying to do it through TV shows. Yeah. I don't think the two can correlate together. And I think what we're going to see here is oversaturation and overloading. Yeah. And I, like, I'll be honest with you. I'm overloaded with Marvel already.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm yeah, so, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think if you're an avid Star Wars fan, you're going to be pumped about this. And I think it's going to be super cool. Mm. But if you're asking me to watch five more shows it's a lot. and to see them cross over and see them blend into the next Star Wars
0: film. I, I, it's it's going to be another Flash Arrow uh, here's a tomorrow Supergirl thing where you have to watch all of them to make like any sense of all, any of them.
1: And, and my thing is, for a streaming service, rough. If I I'm mean, doing it for, for free cable, okay.
0: No, I see, I like it more as a streaming service because they happen at different times of the year. So it's not going to be eight episodes overlapping on each other it'll be eight episodes and then the next season like the next show will come on which is eight episodes and the next show will come on that's eight episodes so it'll be like having a regular season but with three different story arcs which Uh, for me isn't so bad because I watch a lot of anime and there are times in the middle of a season where they'll have like a filler arc or two (laughs) and so you have to kind of just like okay so this is just stuff that's happening okay where's my oh there's that there's my thing back there it is okay I'm back to my normal story I'm good to go Um, okay and it's just like kind of like it's it's icing right it's like the other things won't need to be watched I don't think they'll be like maybe a character will show up here and there but they might not explain what happened to the character in between those times with more than like one or two sentences so I could see that being a good thing for the series as well but I think that at this point maybe I should leave this for more finale but I think it's going to be more focused on him now rather than his journey with Baby Yoda. It's going to be his journey onto what, who is he as a Mandalorian now because it seems like he's given up some of those convictions that were so strong with him just a year before, right? Yeah, yeah. And his life has changed so much in this time that maybe he does want to go and save Mandalore and, like, make Mandalore a thing again or maybe they find a new... Like, they have to deal with the ISB and, like, this character and stuff, right? So it's very... I think there's still a lot they can do with it to keep it fresh, keep it interesting, keep it going. But you're right. right. If I need to watch, I mean, I will, but if I was not a super fan of Star Wars, if I have to watch like five different shows to like understand what's happening in the next movie, I would be upset. But I mean, the next movie won't be in this universe. So I think we're fine.
1: It's fascinating to me. I I think it's so interesting because it's a huge, it's an ambitious thing to do and i think they should be commended for how ambitious it is um i think for me it's always at what cost and i and i guess because for me i i like stories and and part of what i really enjoyed about the mandalorian was in a lot of ways it was similar to rogue one where it was its own story Mm -hmm. and yet do a linkage but it was literally its own thing we didn't have the same cast of characters we knew and i I really loved watching this series and the way it this chapter has ended. I'm 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 cool with it.
0: Mm-hmm. And the
1: way you're describing Ben, it sounds amazing. It's just you only have so many episodes. You only have so many seasons. And at what point do you stretch like I said, if if we're stretching this seven to seven seasons, okay. I just really hope there's strong seven seasons. Yeah. Um, and we don't and I guess we don't know. So yeah, it's and and I know that I'm coming at this from like a really harsh, critical, critical, critical That's point a of view. good way field. to be, right? But at the same time, I think if you're a Star Wars fan, I imagine you're probably pleased as fucking punch because basically this is Christmas for you. You're getting you're getting what Marvel did, but on on a Star Wars level. And I think that if you loved Star Wars and loved seeing all these different things, this is great. <laughs> Bless me. Uh, it's gonna be those things where it's just like, oh, that's really cool. I always wanted to see what happens with um, this character or this mm-hmm. character, storyline, and how does this sync up with, um, you know? Um, oh my God, I forgot the film number six. Um,
0: Jedi, Trans Jedi. Of the Jedi? Uh,
1: um,
2: no, not six. Uh, oh, you mean Jedi.
0: uh, 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 uh Force sword. Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens yeah
2: so it's seven
1: yeah Yeah, sorry seven
0: um yeah i yeah what about you gab what do you think about this kind of how they ended this and where they're gonna go
2: with the recent announcement of all the shows i'm definitely feeling kind of overwhelmed and like i'm gonna stop caring as much because it's just too much although like you said if they're rolling it out like a new episode each week instead of like five new episodes um from different shows that i'll have to watch and like two-week period or something mm-hmm. that's gonna be too much but um yeah we'll see I, I I'm curious to see where they go with all the different stories yeah. and uh, i I really enjoy the universe I think it's just a fun
0: yeah
2: place to explore and lots of lots of opportunities to explore things that haven't been explored before um we'll, we'll see
0: yeah they're also it's funny because uh, Favreau and Fillion are really doing a ju- good job bringing back in things that were taken out from the canon. So they're bringing a lot of this, like, legacy stuff back into the story that I think that they really loved that Disney was like, nope, nope, yeah, uh, I'm gonna flip you off and walk away and this is the, what it is now. Um, I think that there definitely could be burnout. I'm actually kind of worried about that, but... Looking at the Marvel show schedule, I have to assume that they're going to do the same kind of thing. It's going to roll out every three months. There'll be a new show. It'll be week to week. By the time that's over, you'll have a week or two in between that show and what's coming next. Uh, and for a streaming service, I think that's kind of what you need. Because when this ended, I was the first thing thought I had was, well, now I have to wait another year for eight more episodes. But if I was like, well, oh, I've got to wait two weeks for more Star Wars, like for say the Ahsoka show and it i know that it somehow links back to this in some way because they're at the same time like that's more interesting and some of the shows won't even matter like the high republic one won't have anything to do with the mandalorian it's set like thousands of years before everything so like yeah. it's not one that's required right so it's like if yeah. you were like all right well th- i don't this doesn't catch me like whatever i'll just not watch this one right so i think that it's a good way to do it and it gives people who want that extra content the content but for people who just like The Mandalorian, I think that the other shows won't matter as much. Like, they'll, yeah. again, they might pop in here and there. I hope with the three of them going at the same time, maybe they might be like a special episode where they all come together, but have it have no like impact on the regular stories. Because mm-hmm. that's the big problem I had with DC's universe is that there were these like three or four episode arcs that you had to watch on right. like the entire season of that show but also you had to watch each and every show to get the full actual story of that crossover because yeah. yeah the first episode of the crossover was on flash and then the next one was on arrow and then the next one was on heroes of tomorrow and the next one was on black lightning and then it's just like all right i don't need to watch all of these shows i just give it to me on every single show just give me all four episodes sure it'll have like people who are going to be upset because you're repeating. But I think there's a lot more people who only like one of those properties because I stopped liking Arrow a long time ago, but I still like Flash. But to watch that, I had to watch Supergirl and I saw all these things. I'm like, I just, I don't want to watch these. Like they're not interesting. So
1: on the plus side, though, Ben, on the plus side about all this too, is I think it's, if you just watched The Mandalorian and this is your first entry point into Star Wars, you want to see more. Mm -hmm. and I think that's the one thing where I would say that that this is to their advantage of doing all these branch outs is that these are for people now who've just seen it and they want to know more about what's going on um and I and I think that's a really it's a really cool thing to do and and as for someone who's seen you know some of the movies I'm kind of like yeah that's cool and I think you're right about that I think it's I think there's there's some complications but I think I think if you're an avid fan, and the way that it sounds like they're going to roll it out, according to you, and according also to what they said they're going to do with the rollout of it, I think it could be cool. Could be interesting. And again, like if it hasn't been done yet, um, I shouldn't really be crapping on it too much because be there's no there's no precedent for it yet. Again, hey, could be fun.
2: It could be fun. Could
0: yeah. be fun. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
2: So I think good. my biggest concern might be. That now that they're going to be putting their eggs in a bunch of different baskets is that they keep a high threshold for the quality, yeah, and don't don't just start churning out content for the Crap. sake of content. Yeah,
0: well, I think that's and like
2: that they that they do something interesting with it. It's not just always the same. thing. like, I don't want another another show in the style of Mandalorian. I want different mm-hmm. kinds of shows, um, or some some. I just want interesting stories and not just. To, yeah. I, don't, I don't want it to brush these things out. And G- yeah, Gab, I think
1: you're right on that too, right? Because that's kind of what the attraction was to the Mandalorian is, is it was an homage to Japanese cinema and the Western,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and told through Star Wars. And I think it wouldn't have worked if it w- if it didn't have that huge uh, trademark of Star Wars beside it, right? And I guess that's why, to me, the next big test is Kenobi. And so if Kenobi's good. Then I think it's opened the door, but again, John Favreau and the and Deborah Cho, these are people that have experience with launching out big, huge, mm-hmm. multiple, like institutional culture uh, cultures of cinema. I think they can do it. I just I, I think I think I'm skeptical of it because we've never seen it been done before on a we've seen it been done on films, but we haven't seen it on TV shows, yeah. episodic TV shows multiple and then connecting two films what's that that's the thing to me that i think is really interesting
0: what's funny to me is i think that what worries me more than uh kenobi is kenobi they can do whatever they help with they want with it right uh but i'm more worried about ahsoka and the uh resistance squadron whatever they're going to call it that other the one based on like the other spinoff of this show like these two spinoffs have so much history within the cartoons, and all these kind of things that not everyone has seen, right? You can go into The Mandalorian not knowing most of the stuff that's happening in The Mandalorian, because you're right. It's just like Japanese and Western cinema. cinema. Um, But when you're going into, like, Ahsoka, if you don't know her backstory, the Clone Wars thing, the Star Wars Rebels, all these, like, things in between, like, you're probably going to get lost you won't know who Sabine is you won't know why they're going after General Thrawn or who he even is uh if you haven't read the books if you haven't watched the show like Star Wars Rebels you won't know who Ezra is why they're going after him why he's so important to this universe so I think that's a tough part to swallow for me because not everyone again is on that same kind of level of yeah nerdiness that say I am or the some star wars fans are so i hope that they make these shows so they're not star wars shows for star wars people i want them to be star wars shows for everybody and to do that in such a way that it draws people in to be excited about them and have something more than just we're doing this as fan service for x amount of people or x people because if they're gonna do that why don't they just make another cartoon right why didn't they keep star wars rebels and star wars clone wars in the digital universe instead of bringing to the real world universe right so i think that's my biggest concern with all that um and actually on that we can go into this final little scene that we got because we got this big announcement that we talked about last week we talked about all the different shows that they brought in well we didn't talk about all the shows apparently because there was a End clip in this episode. If you missed it, go and watch it because it's actually kind of cool. Back on Tatooine, we are back to where Boba Fett had his untimely almost demise that we thought was there, but actually wasn't. Um. Oh, now your video is being all weird, Gab. Yeah. Oh no. Um. Oh well, I'll fix it later. Um. Ah. We see Jabba's palace once again. And we watch as Fennec kills several guards, and Fett comes in and talks to Bib Fortuna, who seems to have taken over uh, Tatooine's Jabba's (laughs) palace uh, from the now dead Jabba, just like he always wanted. And what's funny is right now he was exactly the same as like uh, Jabba. He still had the slave, the like the slave Twi'lek out there. People all around the thing, him super like chunky. He's <laughs> like, were you trying to be like the next Jabba? Like, is that what is that what's happening here, Bib Fortuna? Like, are you trying to do that? And then Fett comes in and he's like greets him like an old friend, like, oh my god, we thought you were dead. And then without a without like a single word, he just murders him. Just straight cold blood murders. Uh I'm not even sure. He's on a is he a Twi'lek? I think he is. Yeah. So yeah. he comes in, murders the Twi'lek, and doesn't think twice and sits on Jabba's throne showing that I guess he's going to be the head of a some kind of either bounty hunter guild or maybe a crime syndicate so I think that could be really fun I think that that's the kind of show that I think people really like because whether or not you like Boba Fett you like like this kind of thing I think it's going to be like one of those crime type shows right it's going to be either like bounty hunting which The Mandalorian started with, which was awesome. Or it's going to be, like, about a crime syndicate that grows, which, I mean, there's so many of those. I mean, you look at The Sopranos, which is, like, super popular. You look at uh, Animal Kingdom, like, all these, like, things, and, like, them building up, like, this, like, underbelly, underworld kind of stuff. So I think that is extremely exciting that that's going to be a show. And it's called, uh, is it The Story of Boba Fett? I think it's the Book of Boba. Book of Boba, which I really hope that they go into like the uh, Extended Universe stuff with the uh, Book of the Bounty or the Tales of the Bounty Hunters. I hope they go into yeah. some of that stuff. And like, <laughs> if can you imagine like go in and they like, start bringing in like Zuckus and they bring in Forlom and they like tell IG 88's story and stuff. And like, that's what his show is about is like these like one shots of like, or one or two shots of like, these are the bounty hunters he's bringing in. These are her their backstories. Like, I would love that because that so, to this ben, day is one of my
1: favorite about, ones. Ben, you're talking about something that is so spot on with like genre bending. And so if you did a crime show or crime drama, like the Sopranos, but add star Wars to it, that's great. Like that, that is actually something I'd be like, Oh shit. Like I would watch that. That sounds very fascinating. I don't know what any of that shit happens in star Wars, but cool. Um, my one thing about this now is it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's funny. not It's not going to be rated R. It could be. And I'm th- not saying it needs to be, but you're limited now.
0: I could see it being like a 14A because I think that's what Mulan ended up being in the end because of, you know, blood and all the yeah. death and stuff. But I could see them making it like a, a more mature, Here. maybe not RR, because yeah, you're right. It yeah. is... Wait, aren't there rated R movies on Disney Plus when they bought Fox? I don't know, man. They might just put like a age warning at the start of it. I could see them do that. Disney has kind of moved away from being all wholesome and stuff. I think that with all the properties they bought, they have violent, sorry, violent movies out there. So I could see this being a rated R one. Just make it. So there's a disclaimer at the start. And to put an age restriction thing on your uh, app. Can't be that yeah. hard. Netflix does it.
1: I I, I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, also, side question. Do all the Mandalorian episodes have post-credit scenes? I hope not. Because I this feel... the first one I know.
0: Yeah, because I was like, I have not watched past the beginning credits in any of them, but I don't like think I, so. I, I, I think did... I
2: always let them play, so I, I don't watch... think we're already... Okay.
1: So... You know, that's kind of where... That's kind of where I'm... That's where I'm coming at it from.
0: I really hope that this is the only... post credit scene we get in The Mandalorian. I'm pretty ever. sure.
2: I, I've almost always watched them right to the end. Yeah. yeah. I also so think I that they...
0: Might have only put this in there because... They didn't want to, like, announce it with everything else. They wanted this to be, like, a big reveal. Because... And being like, Boba Fett is no longer in this series. He is done with The Mandalorian. He has his own thing now because baby Yoda is gone. And he fulfilled his mission... So maybe it's kind of a a farewell to Boba Fett without having to spoil the ending of uh, *Mandalorian* when they did their announcement at uh, stockholder day.
2: I will say this about Boba Fett show is I hope he's not wearing his helmet the whole time because I feel like *Mandalorian* already had a show about a guy who you never see his face, and I like seeing people's faces. Yeah, attached to him, and I i don't know I, I just hope it's not I, about I, bubbles up wearing his helmet talking in a gruff voice the whole time because we've already I,
0: that. yeah and that also makes it so we can see more of that actor because i that guy is awesome i really like him as an actor i think that uh was it timura timura morrison
1: yeah
0: uh i think he's a great actor i think that he could do some great things and i don't think he needs to have his helmet on all the time i don't think that it like I don't think he needs that same kind of mystique to him like yeah. the Mandalorian does uh but I agree I think if it's another show about a Mandalorian who never takes his helmet off I'm like all right I'm I'm good I I I've had enough of this <laughs> but yeah it's it's interesting it's interesting to see it's it was kind of a fun reveal at the end of it all I got to say the first two times I watched this I did not see this end scene and the last time I only saw it because we were like trying to decide what to watch next and it played. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> babe fortuna!" <laughs> I used to have you. I used to have you in all my, uh, Tatooine decks. Oh, I'm such a nerd. All right. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's so much exciting stuff coming. I think that if Disney does well on the Marvel shows that are coming up and they roll out well, and they all have good stories and they don't, half asked them i'll be really really excited for the star wars ones if marvel screws up winter soldier uh wandavision and loki i'm going to be very worried about the star wars shows as they come out um yeah especially because i've been very disappointed with a lot of tv recently even like when we watched uh picard i was pretty disappointed at the end and i was like well this didn't need a second season. So I hope I don't feel like that after any of the stuff that's coming out. And even after this episode, I could could have seen it go either way. I could have seen it going like, this is the final episode, Mandalorian dies, Baby Yoda gets taken off by the Jedi, or having the next season. Um, I'm happy they are having another season because I think there's so much they can still do with it. But yeah, I'm also concerned, like Gabe is, <laughs> that they might try and drag this out longer than it needs to. Yeah, uh, At this point, I could see a four season run and then it's starting to get dull and dry. Uh, but I think a three, three to four seasons is all this show really has in it.
1: Yeah. I Again, I kind of go back to what I said originally, which is um, I think in talking about the whole season in the franchise, like I've tried really hard to not talk about it because I want to save that for the next podcast episode. Um, but in terms of this episode, it was, it was cool to see. I'm glad I saw it.
2: Um Yeah man, right on. Yeah. Hit. If if I could take one last small shit on this yep. on this past episode, which I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about the action sequences near the start. It was I thought it was silly when they were infiltrating and walking through the cargo bay and they do like some like fancy martial arts move, like kick someone in the head and then shoot them. And it was like there was no reason you came up from behind them. You could have just shot them in the first place. It would have been way faster way easier. And I was like, that's a little silly.
0: Yeah, they do a lot of silly things like that, too, because it's like yeah. in all of these things, like whenever they use their fists, I'm like, why don't you just shoot them? Like, it's so much easier. Like, <laughs> their armor does nothing to protect them. Just shoot them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Actually, one thing, actually, one last thing I do want to talk about this episode. I really thought that the Dark Troopers were made out of Beskar. Because we've talked Ooh. about Beskar over and over again, and like, well, they keep mining this planet. Oh, it's a glass planet because they've mined it so much. Oh my God, the Beskar. I was like, if these dark troopers are made out of Beskar, that would have been so epic. And then they weren't. Yeah. They were just like nothing. And I was like, ah. if they made it with Beskar, it would have like, given Luke more of like a challenge to get to them. Uh, though I am glad they didn't leave it off with a cliffhanger. Where it's just like, oh, yeah. imagine like the X-Wing coming in and then that was just the end of the episode, like this dire straits thing. Oh, I know there's so many shows that would do that too. And you're just like, I hate yeah. all of you. I know, uh, <laughs> Star Trek, I think used to do that all the time where they would do a part one as the finale. Then the part two is the, uh, next season. And you'd always worry like, what if this doesn't get renewed for next season? <laughs> like what happened? I'm, I'm yeah. okay. I'm okay. If there's justification to
1: leave it on the cliffhanger it's when it's when it's it's when we all predict that there's going to be a cliffhanger that's when I get pissed off
0: because mm-hmm.
1: like we were kind of saying like there's going to be a cliffhanger um and in this case it hit us with the biggest surprise of like Luke showing up mm-hmm. I think for me, yeah I think if last season there was a cliffhanger I would have been like oh shit I would have been really like into it I would have been annoyed but I would have been into it
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I think that's it's kind of one of those things where it's yeah yeah
0: it was a good episode yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's all I have to say. Other than again, Fat Bit for a Tuna was amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just can't get over like how good like that scene was because was like yeah, yeah, like this is. Part of me thought that someone was gonna drop into that Rancor pit, and I was like, yes, that's all I want from this. I just want to see a Rancor at the end of this episode, but uh, unfortunately, no. I think the Rancor is, is probably. Bones and stuff down there, probably rotting flesh and all that kind of stuff.
2: Battlefield Two, you get to go down there and there's a rancor skeleton, isn't there? Sorry. In Battlefield uh, Star Wars Battlefield Two, I think there's a rancor skeleton down there.
0: Yeah, I think there is. I guess. Oh right, yeah. Play. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to stream some of that this week. Do some uh, co-op or something. I, like that.
1: I was saying this afternoon. But... Oh
0: well, I've got uh, I've got the the girlfriend in the back who probably wants to hang out for a bit. Oh. Uh, but maybe later on like maybe after I drop her off because um, I, I definitely want to play some more co-op because that game is so fun in the co-op that, game, fun. Um, that game single-handedly saved that franchise oh yes <laughs> and EA well I think it screwed EA more than it helped them to be honest Um, but yeah all right well I think that is going to wrap us up for today I want to start by thanking Gab for coming on the show uh, again, it's awesome to have a guest and it's awesome to have you on here um something I forgot to do last week uh, that or last time you were on that I feel bad about uh, do you want to do any shout outs for uh, anything that you're working on or um no no nothing really right now no okay well, well I'm thanks gonna. Sh- for, thanks for letting me join the show as well. oh yeah oh, of course well, I'm sure we'll have you on again when we go on this again uh, next year or depending on if we decide to do any of the Marvel shows. Uh, once Gabe finishes up school. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. I'm going to do a little shout-out. Make sure to go to Ghost Time Games and check out Gab's games. Uh, they are absolutely amazing. I did a four-hour run on Jet Amaro, which you can find on our Twitch, and it will soon be going up onto our YouTube. Uh, I just haven't had the time to download it because it's like a five-hour clip, and it's long, and it takes a lot of hours to download. Have a great soundtrack! has a great soundtrack he also has test tube titans which is an amazing game that you can play with your friends uh i did a demo for it at a game convention with him and we had so much fun and people loved it they kept coming back to play it over and over again it's a very uh i i don't even know really how to explain it. it's kind of like monster wrestling but randomly generated characters and stuff it's very cool uh, very yeah. fun. Make sure to check that out. Uh, we'll make sure to put those links uh, to his site and everything in the description of the podcast and the YouTube. Uh, just so you can make sure to get out there. Give it a give it a download, give it a buy. I definitely suggest it. Uh, again, I got... I had so much fun in the day that me and Gab went through Uh We did a four-hour stream. I got my Platinum on it, so it's not an not overly uh, difficult game to get your Platinum on, but it's a lot of fun and you can play it even after you finish it up. Just flying through the universe is so much fun. Uh, So that will do it for us today. Like I said at the start of the show, this is the Cooperative Viewers Couch, the Mighty Mandos podcast. This was the finale for The Mandalorian. We will be doing one episode next week uh, for a little wrap-up to give our thoughts and our top episodes from this season and from the series as a whole. You can catch us each and every week while the show is going. We're going to take a little bit of time off around Christmas. Uh, Probably the first couple weeks of January we'll be taking off. But we'll be launching a bunch of new shows in January and February including Saturday Morning Anime is finally happening. We've got all of our schedule and we've got our watch list uh, as well as Opening the Vault which is our Disney review podcast which will be so much fun. I've got uh, four other co-hosts coming on for that. Uh, all people who are newer, new-ish or some are kind of experienced. We even have a voice actor who's interested in joining us. So I'm very excited about that. Um, so, yeah, uh, you can also catch us wherever you listen to your podcast. Just look up uh, the Cooperator's Reviewers Couch. or you- And you can catch mm-hmm. us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash T-C-T-R. Right? Nope. T-C-R-C. Oh, my God. I... I hate that acronym, but uh, TCRC, uh, please, uh, if you want to get in contact with us, make sure to follow us on social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and those links will be in the description of this video. We also would love to get your questions. You can even send us voicemail questions now on Anchor, which is awesome. You can give your voice to us and we can put it up on air and answer the questions you have. Uh, If you have any comments, Or questions, you can also email them if you don't want to speak to us uh, at cooperatorsentertainment at gmail.com. But that will do it for us today. You can catch us on this Tuesday. Or sorry, we're doing Monday, I think. Monday or Wednesday, that will be up on our schedule to do the Christmas Movie Review Podcasts. And I'm very excited. We're going to be doing Muppets Christmas Carol for one of them. And then if we do the second, we may be doing ah. Medea's Christmas. Uh and it'll be interesting to get some thoughts on those. But until next time, everybody, I'm Ben. That's Gabe. That's Gab. And we are the cooperators. Now, Gabe, hit me with that question of the day. Are you telling me that we have Baba Fett
1: leave and Luke Skywalker come? And you're telling me these two aren't gonna see each other? I didn't even think <laughs> about that. Oh
0: my god, Gabe. It's so true. Like Luke was like he instrumental in back. his like almost death. <laughs> he came back. Oh my god.
1: He came back to pick up Fennec. Mm.
0: <laughs> just he like... left, Luke came, <laughs> Luke left, he came back. Oh my god, Gabe. <laughs>
2: Maybe that's the first episode of the bubble
1: book. Oh, that'd be good. Then that's the, that's also the series finale right there too.
0: Let me just cut his head off. Yeah. <laughs> like father, like son. Like father, like son. Oh my God! Yeah, you're right. His dad did get his head cut off by Jedi. Oof, oof to doof. All right, everyone. Thank you again for watching and. Again, if you have any thoughts, get them to us. We would love to hear your uh, answers to the game's question of the day, too. But until next time, we are the cooperators, and we'll see you next time.